Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so we got a lot to talk about today, man. Um, we'll start with the Bucks, but then we're going to college football, the big major coaching news across the country. Seismic shift in college football. Going it's all about on the student them. athletes, there, Rick. All about the student athletes. It is. Well, there was no money you know, to athletes, pay the players. Don't forget, no money to pay the players. Well, thank God the athletes are getting some money because there's not going to be much left over when you see these salaries that uh, some of these guys and some of the perks are getting. I should have been a college. I should have gone into coaching somewhere along the line. I don't know what I would have coached, but something. And then there's uh, all kinds of baseball news. Speaking of money. Lots of players moving uh, moving around, moving in, moving out. The Rays, even part of that. I think it's going to be a crazy, let's like say, 24, 48 hours. So we'll we'll touch on some of that. But we'll start with the Bucks because they're coming off, of course, that big win that they had in Indianapolis, which I'm still trying to figure out how they won that game. Because I just – I'm telling you, they're down 10. Indianapolis is driving. And then Shaq Barrett, we know, has the sack strip fumble. And then the wheels came off. Like I, I, and, and yet, even after doing all that and they take a lead – and they're up 31-24. And then here comes the Colts handing the ball off, of all things, in, in a uh, late fourth-quarter drive. And Jonathan Taylor scores, and it's 31-all. And the Bucks have a false start, and it's first and 15. I'm thinking, they're going to punt this ball and lose. And somehow, of course, they win. We saw the game. Even though they, even after scoring a touchdown, they gave up the long kick return, and it got weird. But the one thing they, that uh, they did lose was – Devin White for a good portion of that game. He came back in at the end of the game, and even by Bruce Arians' own assessment, he goes, yeah, he was in there. He wasn't Devin White. Well, Devin White, it looks like, is going to be one of those guys that's not going to practice all week, which I think is always a horrible thing. You know, I remember, this goes back to when Tony Dungy was coaching. He said to me, he goes, I, you know, I don't think guys that don't practice during the week are in, are the best necessarily even though they might be better players they're the best prepared to go out there because if there was no value in practice when what are you doing um he he firmly believed that you know sometimes he'd take a lesser player who was prepared um than an injured player who didn't get to practice all week that looks like that'll be Devin White this week you know he had the quad injury and then um now he has a hip which might be related to the quad I mean it's all connected right so we'll see about that um who else did we lose? They had, uh, oh, Jamal Dean has a shoulder, and it sounds like that is, he's, again, this has been a theme with Jamal Dean. Like, these, these coaches always say this because they have great tolerance for other people's pain. But they're like, well, he's got a shoulder. I think, you, you know, it should be no structural damage. It's just it's a pain tolerance thing. <laughs> I'm sure it feels really good to go out there and whack somebody with it. Um, the good news is that Carlton Davis, who's, uh, you know, on IR, but is, is in his 21 day window, looks like that window's shutting pretty fast on him. He's going to be, I think he's going to play against Atlanta, which gives them their number one corner that has not played since week four in new England. So, you know, they're trying to get a little more healthy in that sense. What else we got? Leonard Fournette, of course, up for FedEx offensive player of the week. That should be an easy one. 
Leonard Fournette. So I think now you emphasize the four, right? Is that how it goes? It was playoff Lenny. It was Lombardi yeah, Lenny. Yeah, now it's Lenny Len- four. Leonard four, four tutties. Net, net. Four tutty net. Yeah, something like that. So that was fun. Um, then Tom Brady was on his podcast. He had your favorite coach, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, I thought you were going to say Luke Fickle. No. Well, we'll, see if, he's, we'll see if he somebody stays else. my favorite coach. Yeah, I know. Exactly right. <laughs> <clears throat> but Harbaugh was on. It was funny, you know, Tom. I, I don't. I haven't read his moods. Okay, like I. It's one of those things where you kind of like. I don't know if you like remember first going out with your wife or somebody that you know that, that you got into a relationship and you don't know their sounds just yet. You don't know their moods just like you're not sure. But like Brady, when he comes in after the games, it's 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 become somewhat unpredictable, really. You know, I mean, he was so mad. Of course, he had the. You know, with the ninety-second walk-off after three questions, and then Greg Allman saying, "Is that it?" Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when they lost up in Washington, I think it was, and then um, you know, and then, and then even yesterday, like they won, like that was a that was a huge win. Like the more I think about it, the Colts are really good. You know, and and Wentz played exceptional. Um, you had to score a lot of points to beat them on the road. You didn't play your best game, obviously, but you know you got five turnovers and you were a plus three and all that. But the Colts that was that was a huge win, and Tom was just kind of like, I mean, he was happy they won, and and you know, but boy, you put him in front of Jim Gray, man, <laughs> he's cracking jokes. He's really he's having a lot of fun. He told so they had they have several coaches, of course, including Bruce Arians, who was a head coach there, as we know, uh, as an interim, and when Chuck Pagano got you know, got uh, cancer or whatever. But um, then you had Clyde Christensen, who's a longtime Tony Dungy staff um, and others as a quarterback's coach. And who else we got? Um, Moore, Tom Moore, who's, you know, 84 years old, longtime offensive coordinator with the Colts and all that. So Brady told them, he goes, look, I don't want you guys to get all weepy, you know, or sentimental once we beat these guys. <laughs> Because just because you're going back into uh, back into Indy where you had spent all those years, he was he was full of himself in that podcast. You guys got to listen to it, the uh, Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray. It's on at six o'clock, and then replay on seven o'clock on Sirius XM Radio, NFL Radio, Magdal Radio. I'm promoting all this stuff. I'm not a paid promoter either, um, but he was good. It was uh, he was he was pretty lively, and then and then he had your favorite coach on, Jim Harbaugh. Um, apparently Brady was sending text messages for Harbaugh to kind of share with his team. I guess that's what happens, right? I mean, well, Brady's addressed that, the team in, in Michigan many times in person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you got the greatest alumni of all time, right? I mean, that's, I mean, in football, that's it. That's the gold standard, right? Probably one of the richest ones too, I would imagine, but a guy 21 years ago, I mean, these kids weren't a twinkle in their parents' eyes when they were, you know, when he was playing at Michigan, but um, he was happy for the seniors. I get that. That that would have been, you know, to to be there four or five years, you know, and this of course went on has gone on for some time and never never win that game. That would be difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're if you're an outgoing senior and to finally get one, that must that just has to feel so good to beat Ohio State. Well, and, and particularly in the way they did it. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't up. it wasn't like it was a. Uh, you know, a close call or a questionable game. They dominated that Ooh. game. And they, and they did it. They did it kind of the, uh, the Beauchamp way, really. 
They just mauled them. I mean, they mauled them on both sides of the, of the offensive and defensive line. I mean, that's, you know, it, it, it really, for all the athletes, and Ohio State has out-athlete that did them um, for some years now. You know, just so much speed at receiver, um, you know, quarterbacks that could move and run. It just seemed like they had just more dudes, right, as Matt Baker would say. And, but, you know, all that speed and, and all that skill doesn't mean a whole lot if you got people, like, in your – you know, on your back riding you. And that offensive and defensive line, they just, they just, they dominated. They were just more physical. They got after it. And from, I mean, from the first play on. Um, so it was, a, it was a, it was a big win and they're comparing it. And you probably don't remember this, Steve, because you're not old enough. And certainly I don't remember it because I'm not a Michigan fan. I guess there was a seismic win back in 1969. Well, uh, I don't know if this game was as, as seismic as that. I mean, Michigan did come in ranked fifth in the country, right? Compared to Ohio State second. I mean, in 19- but in terms of shifting the balance of yeah. power from Ohio State to Michigan, they're hoping that this this will be the, the the landmark. You know, the milestone. They'll go back and say, "Oh, well, what started it all? This particular you know dominating period is 2021." Well, 1969 didn't start a domination. That's that's what started the ten year war. Um, that was oh, the year. Okay. That was the year Bo Schembechler took over Michigan program. Ah, I got you. And he's a he's a disciple of Woody Hayes. And when he took the job at Michigan, Woody stopped talking to him, and Bo didn't talk to him. And and Bo created everything at Michigan that year to beat Ohio State. And Ohio State at the time was considered the best team in the country. And in fact, they said the only team that could compete with Ohio State was the Minnesota Vikings. Oh my gosh. That's the comparisons they made to that Ohio State teams. And that game in Ann Arbor, Bo's first year, Michigan won 24-12. Now, was that with then Woody Hayes on the other side? And of the, yes, of the, and that started oh, okay. the 10-year war where Woody wouldn't fill up for gas in Michigan. Um, <laughs> you know, wouldn't you know all the, the stories you've heard over the years is right. that, I mean, Bo was his prized disciple who had gone to Miami, but when he took the Michigan job, they stopped talking for mostly most of those 10 years. And that's the ten-year war until Woody was fired in 1978 for punching a player in the bowl game. You know, Woody lost his mind and came off the sideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and and over that time, I, I believe the the record was five, four, and one. I think Michigan won five, Ohio State four, and they tied one over those ten year that ten-year war. Yeah, and but that's what really elevated the rivalry when Ohio State was number one and was supposed to win another national title, and they got beat by Michigan, and Michigan went to the Rose Bowl. And back then, only the Big Ten champion could go to the road, could go to a bowl game. So Ohio State didn't even go Correct. to a bowl game that year. It wasn't until 1974 that that rule changed, and that was because in 1973, Michigan Ohio State tied. Michigan should have went to the Rose Bowl because Ohio State had gone the year before, but Michigan's mm-hmm. quarterback got hurt in the game, and the the ads of the Big Ten took a secret vote and put Ohio State in the Rose Bowl instead of Michigan. <laughs> I love it. Which that ticked Bo off, and he yeah. to the day he died never forgot that I and fought it. for I that team. And you know, Michigan had from seventy two, seventy three, and seventy four. They went thirty two and one, thirty wins, two losses, one tie, and never went to a bowl game. What was the Rick Leach years? I remember Rick Leach. Uh, he was seventy five to seventy eight. Or they they were good right then. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was part of the ten year war there. I mean, yeah. And, and okay, actually, Rick Leach won more than he lost to Ohio State, I believe, if I recall. Yeah. 
Not that this is a Michigan history podcast, but yes, that's right. <laughs> Welcome to Great but Days. I, I, could, and I could go on football. and talk about this. You know, especially you want to get into the '80s and and the '90s. Those were good years for Michigan. I mean, since 2000, not as good in the rivalry. John Cooper was I, John Cooper was great. Well, Michigan handled Earl Bruce okay. They dominated John Cooper, which was surprising. And, and I've always said this about John Cooper. He's one of the best recruiters I've ever seen, but his players didn't necessarily get better. Like, if Michigan and Ohio State in those years had played in September, Ohio State would have kicked Michigan's ass. Mm. But because Michigan got better as a team throughout the season and Ohio State had a bunch of athletes, as the season went on, they didn't get better. They just, I mean, they had talent. They had superior talent to everybody. But they could never... By the time you got late in the season, it just it, it they weren't other teams caught up to them because other teams got better as teams, and then Jim Trestle I mean, came in and dominated because he was a hell of a coach. Yeah, I, I mean, I re, you know I do remember I remember Brady in, at Michigan. I mm-hmm. remember a lot of the quarterbacks he competed with to get that job. Um, Drew Henson, for example. Mm-hmm. Remember, um, I remember Rod Woodson. I think there. Charles Woodson at Michigan, or Charles Woodson. I'm sorry, Rob Woodson. Charles yeah. Woodson at mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, yeah, De- I mean, Desmond they, they Howard their, was before that. He was early '90s. Desmond was earlier. Now, I went and saw an Ohio State team, which I think is still one of the most talented college football teams I ever saw. And it just so happened it was like a year that I was kind of doing the NFL and the Bucks, but mm-hmm. not so much the Bucks. I was sort of transitioning, and it didn't really work out. I ended up doing keep continuing to do the Bucks, but. I spent like a, a 10 days in Ohio, I call it. Mm-hmm. It's my new book called 10 Days in Ohio. <laughs> and I was going back. It was crazy. I, I Like I traveled that state. That was the first year that they had wild card baseball. And both Cleveland and Cincinnati. Cincinnati was playing the Dodgers in a, wild, in a play, you know, the wild card game. Is that like 95, 95? 95. 95. Yeah. And so good, good memory. So, yeah, 95. And then Cleveland... Um, with those great teams, Manny Ramirez and, and uh, mm-hmm. Jim Tomey and all those. They were playing, gosh, who were they playing? Somebody. I, I don't even remember. White Sox, maybe. I don't I don't really remember. But it was, it was, it was I know. So I went, I would go from, you know, and then the, the Saturday game, the at football game was Ohio State-Notre Dame, and they hadn't played in 100 years. But that Ohio State team, and I, I'm going to get this screwed up, I think. Cleveland but I, was playing Boston, by the way. Oh, Boston. Okay, the Red Sox. Even better. So that Ohio State team had Joey Galloway, Eddie George. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's five or six really good like pros that were on that team. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of everybody that was on there. Was Hoyer their quarterback? Maybe uh, I don't know. that would have been Hoying, no, that was later. Um, Hoying. Trying to let's I can't see, remember look it up because I was at this Ohio State Michigan game. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was Ohio State Notre Dame. That okay. I yeah, to. but that I, year later, that you year, probably that Michigan. year, yep. you probably yeah. Yep. And I got And I got to believe that was one of the best Ohio State teams. And Terry ever Glenn was, was on that team. Orlando Terry Pace. Glenn. That's right. Orlando Pace, Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, you, you go back and look at those names. They all the big time NFL. Sean careers. Springs, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Mike Vrabel. There you go. It's a hell of a team. And they beat Notre Dame fairly handily. I remember that because they were burning mattresses in Columbus, which was weird. Yeah, beat them forty-five twenty-six. Yeah. And it was Keith Jackson. And I turned around, and Keith was in the buffet. He says, what do we got today, boys? I was like, whoa, I know that voice. It's Keith Jackson. 
So yeah, that was cool. That's big. That's my first and only trip to. Yeah, Eddie uh, George won the Heisman that year. Did he win the Heisman? Okay, he did. He was a stud. Oh my god, he was good. Yeah, but he got outrushed a, in the game because yeah. that was the game that uh, Tishmanga beat Ohio State. Batuka, no, uh, Ohio State beat Notre Dame. Michigan beat Ohio State that year. Oh, okay. Michigan uh, won their game. Okay. Yeah, Tishmanga Biakapatuka ran for 313 yards. What? Against Ohio State. Just destroyed Ohio State. Good Lord. Three bills. That's crazy. Yeah, because Ohio State was heavily favored. Eddie George for Heisman. And then Biakapatuka went off. I mean, Eddie George had ran for like 120 or something yards that so day. So would, would Cooper had coached that team back in 95? Would that, was that the Cooper? Yeah, era? it was Cooper. Yep, that was his uh, eighth season. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, they were undefeated going into the game, and then lost that, and they lost it to uh, Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. After that, they had some they had some talent on that team, man. Mm-hmm. Some NFL talent, like you couldn't believe. All right, so speaking of college football, anything happened <laughs> since I was gone? Um, I found out first. I found out Florida hired a coach when I was like just mm-hmm. not paying attention to anything. I was like, wait, what? So they went the route we thought they would go. Yeah, right? they but, but some other schools went other routes. Yes, they did. So USC gets Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Now we know some of the details of that contract. Wow. Well, first of all, okay, just the you know from he he definitely went to a better job, and we're going to tell you why in a minute. Um, but Oklahoma is going to join the SEC, right? Mm-hmm. So Oklahoma Oklahoma's had this sort of run in the Big Twelve, you know, cleaning up on you know teams like Iowa State and I you know. Not Iowa, but Iowa Kansas. State and, and Kansas and, you know, Kansas State and, you know, that sort of thing. So now they're going to the SEC. Well, hello, like step up in class, you know. How'd that work out for Missouri or Missouri? So I think there's a recognition that, like, even though they have been playing for national championships here of late with, you know, the Baker Mayfields and people like that, I mean, you know, in the in the tournament at least, um, I think he sees that. I think he sees it like a harder path once you get to the SEC. I just, you know, and and look, you can talk about the job. It's in LA. It's in California. There's so much money in California, and apparently, there's a hell of a lot of money at USC. Well, not only is there money in California, and before we get to the money part, there's athletes. Tons. If LA. You can, yeah. If I mean, you can shoot. keep the California athletes, oh my at god. Home, oh. I mean, it's, you know, there are some states, Georgia, if you can put a wall around Georgia, you're going to be loaded. If any Florida school can start to put a wall around Florida, you're going to be loaded. Florida, Texas. Alabama, yeah, Ohio, Texas. Michigan. Ohio. Michigan doesn't have talent. Yeah. That's the problem. That's one of the problems Michigan has is. There's the, no talent the state, in Michigan? There's, there's not, not really. You don't see a lot oh, of well. five and four stars come out of there. You see some three stars. There's some in, in southwestern Pennsylvania. Yeah, right Pennsylvania's got some. But, you know, there are yeah. certain states. Oklahoma's not one of those states you can just put a wall around and, and win. Right, 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 right. And so at Oklahoma, you're not going to compete with Alabama, Georgia, Florida. In some of these states, uh, South Carolina can get some athletes. Um, you know, and, and it's gonna be, the recruiting is going to be harder there. And so yeah. you can go to California where – it wouldn't be that hard if you're a really good coach to dominate that conference. Right. The way yeah, the state definitely. it is now. And if you can keep a lot of those athletes home and recruit them, you've got a really good chance to win quickly. If, if, you know, if Lincoln can do that. 
And apparently uh, some of the guys he was recruiting to Oklahoma are coming with him. Well, uh, let's see. Spencer uh, or uh, uh, Spencer Rattler Spencer has Rattler announced then? he's transferring. Didn't say oh, so where. he's going to go to SC? But he said he's transferring. He was benched for Caleb. Yeah. I can't imagine he'd go play for, for Riley again. Yeah, I don't. He's just saying he's transferring. I mean, Oklahoma's yeah. lost some recruits, lost some some players yeah. now. Uh, you know, yeah. With oh, the, gonna the transfer rules the way they are in NIL, I mean, there's a reason that co- the teams are paying coaches what they are because a coach leaves and your program can get decimated quickly. Players can transfer yep. and play the next day somewhere else, practically. Yep. You know, and so keeping coaches and continuity is extremely important right now in college football. And Lincoln Riley's deal. At least the details we're hearing now: ten years, a hundred and ten million dollars. Oh, buying him a six million dollar home in Los Angeles. Yeah, they are. But that's let's be honest: six million doesn't go as far yeah. in LA housing well, market as it does here. But they're also <laughs> buying his house in Norman for half a million over the asking price. Now that's ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, what? First of all, why are you doing that? Like, just just give them the half million dollars. Like, sell. Yeah, okay, we're gonna we're gonna sell your home, and then here's another half million. I mean, you don't have to put it in the home itself. Like, here's the money for the house. It's only worth half. There's this. probably a tax consequence to that or something. I'm sure. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. His family has an unlimited use of a private jet. Okay, stop there, because to me, and I only say this because I've had the privilege of of being included on a couple trips on on those PJs. Um, let me say this. There is nothing better in my world because I've traveled, have traveled quite a bit over, over my career. There is nothing better, and, and I can't fathom anything better than to say, hey, wherever I go, I'm going on a private jet because the private jet world doesn't include TSA in the sense that we know it. Um, you still got to go through, you know, yeah, check, check your ID and, stuff, and like stuff like that. But yeah, but but you're still you're at a private terminal. There's no line. You're not going through an X-ray machine. You're like, you know what I mean? Like you bought the jet basically. So as long as you pass the the most, you know, perfunctory uh, screening, you're on you're on your plane and you're up at forty thousand feet, like in a heartbeat. There's no waiting, and then. It's just luxurious. I mean, there's there's no other way to describe it. Like, you know, these things might seat 12, 18, maybe more if it's bigger. But there's nothing like saying, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go at this time. Roll up there and you're, you know, Escalade or whatever the heck you drive. And then, and then pop in and, and you're gone. So, and, and by the way, like a good net jet, they, I'm sure, you know, he says use of a jet. I mean, I'm sure USC has a contract with, with one of the carriers like NetJet or, or they may own a couple private. jets themselves and you just or maybe them. they have their own yeah but they'd have to pay the pilots and all that stuff they have to I mean airplanes are expensive to keep okay they're just they're a lot you got to fly them I mean that's the way it goes and but like even a NetJet from like say California to here might cost $65,000 for one trip just yeah fuel you know time on the jet $25,000 an hour or whatever it is you know like that's an insane. So he's got use. Think about that. Use of a private jet for him and and or his family anytime he wants it. That's crazy. That's a game changer, man. Wasn't that one of the stipulations that Roger Goodell wanted in his contract? Yes, it certainly was. And it everyone, certainly everyone was. went ballistic over that. 
Yeah, and so instead they paid him $120 million in one year. <laughs> so, you know what? There's a point where I would say, wait a minute. Okay, Roger, we're giving you $120 million. Go buy your own damn plane. You know what I mean? Like, with all due respect, man. I mean, come on. You can sign up for that contract too, buddy. You know, just like everybody else that's got that kind of cash. But that's a different life. Like, that's a different life now. You know? So, okay, so private jet. Uh, we don't know what the salary is. Do we no, know no, the ten years, oh, one hundred and ten million. So it's eleven mil a year. So eleven mil a year, which is more than John Gruden, which yeah. at the time seemed ridiculous. Although, and as I'm following Twitter as we're taping this on, yeah, I guess we need to say Monday night around ten thirty, since who knows what coaching news will change in the meantime. Yeah, Brian Kelly has sent a text to his team saying oh, that yes. he wishes he could have met with him in person. He's heading back to South Bend. They're meeting at 7 a.m. <laughs> tomorrow, which will be Tuesday morning. Sure he does. Sure he regrets the announcement yeah. being out there before he got to tell his team. Yes, but he does say he will be leaving Notre Dame. Uh, but, By the way, but, isn't, but it's isn't, reported. isn't Notre Dame, is it, just to interrupt you here, isn't Notre Dame in the national championship picture? Uh, yes. So they, but he, so, did, I mean, he did this to Cincinnati back in 2009 as well. They were undefeated, and he left before they went to play the Sugar Bowl against Florida. I mean, way to way to see it out. At least, I mean, I guess. Well, you know, they wanted an answer. I'm sure yeah. at LSU. Well, wait till you. Hear, so Pete Thamel is reporting the salary range for Brian Kelly at LSU in the 15 million per year range. Oh come on, come on. <laughs> there's no are, money are there, for the players, though. There's no money for the players. No, no. Twenty. They're student athletes, Steve. They're not athletes. They're student athletes. <laughs> They have to go to class. They have to spend. You can't. You can't. Don't work these guys more than twenty hours a week because they they're students. Yeah, no, no money for athletes. I used to get in this argument. Even Tom used to argue this, and finally I brought him around. I said, "Stop, just stop it." So is I mean, this is what slays me. Like, and I'm sure I don't have the list of like rich alumni from LSU, but there must be a ton of them too. Like, who's paying this freight? Like, how much? How, do they make that kind of jack at, at Tiger Stadium when it's full? Like, who's paying for this? Oh, there's a lot of money in the LSU. Is it boosters? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of money in LSU. Okay. Much like in Texas, a lot of oil money around there. A lot of Yeah, there's, there's, probably. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. They, they've got deep pockets at LSU. But, yeah, 15 million year range. I'm going to say this, and, and, and people might think I'm nuts, but – I think the college jobs are better than the NFL jobs. They're different lives. No, well, they're, totally, they're totally different lives. Because they're they're year-round in college because you got to recruit. Yeah, but listen, they're not year-round the way it is in the NFL. Like year-round like year in the NFL, it's just ball, right? Like you don't have to recruit. It's ball. But you have to, you have to go to the workouts. And, you know, basically the NFL is a 50-week-a-year business. There's no way it's 50 weeks a year in college. There's no oh. way. Fifty? Well, I bet it's probably you pretty can't close. take two weeks off and play some play some golf and. Uh, oh, I mean, there's plenty of coaches that do, but not the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you got to recruit, but I mean, you also got people who recruit yeah. for you. But you also got to deal right? with 118 to 22 year olds. Yeah, but have you have you checked out who's in the NFL these days? No. They're, they're not all – yeah, they're grown men, but they're not all, like, easy to deal with. No, the problem well, with the NFL I, is I, they make more than you do. Well, that's true. You know? But, no, what I'm saying is, like, the NFL – if you don't win in the NFL, you're gone in three years, sometimes two, right? Mm-hmm. And 
And I'm not saying you can have down years at USC all the time, but you could coach at USC till you're 70 if you have just a monicum of success. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the salaries, as you just demonstrated, they're as much or more to but, coach college football. But but now with the transfer portal, is it harder in college? Because I got my five star quarterback recruit, but he didn't play enough this year, and next year he's gone. Now I got to go find another one. Yeah, oh, I that mean, part's now, hard. Yeah. Granted, you can get some people to come in too. I mean, you can be LSU who got Joe Burrow to transfer in, and and Ohio State who got but Justin Fields to transfer in, and and you know exactly, exactly. You have the power of influence. You realize that in the NFL, um, it doesn't matter who you like; it has to be your pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, in other words, you you could you could be right about every guy on the board and say, "I want this guy, this guy, this, this is the best players at every position," and you could be a hundred percent right and get none of them. And you have no say over it. So a little more difficult that way. You got free agency, which is certainly a vehicle. You can address some of that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's different, man. They're different jobs for sure. You're coaching ball. But I, I think you're. I think in the NFL you're just coaching ball. You know, like mm-hmm. the draft and free agency and all that stuff sort of takes care of itself. You're going to workouts. But the GM, you have a scouting department. You have all that. Um, yeah, the college job, you're like, you know, you're talking to, you know, high school high school seniors' moms trying to get them to come out and visit and do things and you know and recruit recruit your butt off because it's still about players. You gotta get the players. So those are some, and then of course we know who the Florida coach is. Um, saw a little bit about his press conference. We'll talk to Matt Baker later this week about that. When Billy Napier comes to Gainesville, which is cool. I guess they got their guy. I mean that's. Who they wanted, right? Well, look, I, and we talked about this a little bit last night. I mean, I, I think he's a good coach. I think he'll be a good hire. I don't know that. Sunbelt. Sunbelt. <laughs> so I'm well, just saying But, Sun I mean, belt, you know, man. Urban Meyer came up from Bowling Green in Utah. And, okay, I mean, he's a unicorn. Well, I, let me just say, I mean, there's Dabo not that Sweeney many Sweeney was Myers. elevated from wide receiver coach to head coach at Clemson. Yeah, not, um, not many of those either. No, there's not many, but there are, I mean, you know, all those coaches, the the Luke Fickles, the Brian Kellys, uh, you know, all these coaches, they came up from somewhere. Lincoln Riley was an assistant promoted. Ryan Day was an assistant and promoted. I mean, yeah, but who was the guy? So who who's the guy that came from Colorado State and went to Florida and they fired him after a couple of years, even though he got him to ten and one? Yeah, I mean, like Jim McElwain. McElwain? And, yeah, oh, sure, uh, of course. Sometimes, those, so, I mean, this, those so is work. this more is this more Jim McElwain or more Urban Meyer? You won't know. I mean. I I know what you're saying. That's 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 usually the lineage, right? Coaches coming up, coaches going down. Be better getting a guy who's hot moving up. I mean, it's and much it's much like in any job. I mean, you, you know, you you survey the field and and figure out who you can possibly hire, and money and location and resources and everything's a part of that. And and you take a chance. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you hope you. you Let got me the ask right you guy. this: You're in the SEC, mm-hmm. okay? And now, I guess you get to play Brian. You get to play Brian Kelly at LSU. Sh- should you or? And we don't know this because we we're not privy to the phone calls. But who's better off? A Brian a Brian Kelly at you know if you got him at Florida or? Well, but is Florida willing to pay fifteen million dollars a year? Well, why wouldn't they be? I, well, I I'm not. I don't know what their budget is. Here's the thing: it's the largest and oldest university in the state of Florida, right? Mm-hmm. The most alumni anywhere in this state. Mm-hmm. Couldn't they just about buy anything they want? If the boosters want to pony up enough, sure. But what's different about their boosters than LSU's boosters? 
They don't like football as much? I mean, LSU, LSU's booster has been trying to buy. They tried to get Jimbo Fisher before. They tried to get Lincoln Riley this year. Got to admire that. No, Why no, didn't Florida do that? I, I don't know. That's a question for Scott Strickland, and maybe Matt Baker can help yeah. us answer that. I think Matt Baker should answer that question. But, Matt, I know what Matt's going to say. Matt's going to say, well, you get the, you know, Urban. He's going to give the Urban Meyer example, which is great. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer came from Utah. He won two national titles, right? Went to Ohio State, won. I mean, great. There's just not that many Urban Myers. Like, but 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 I mean, you can go through we some coaches we mentioned earlier on the show. I mean, Bo Schembechler came from Miami of Ohio before he went to Michigan. Brian Kelly came from Cincinnati. Jim Tressel came from Utah or uh, uh, Youngstown State to Ohio State and was a phenomenal coach there. Well, familiar with Youngstown State. Yeah. <laughs> Wife's uh, bosses from Youngstown. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's careful true. what you say about Youngstown. Um. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I mean, look, that's how you get those jobs. You don't mm-hmm. start out there, right? You're not going to go, hey, I'd like to coach at Florida. I'm right out of college. Right. Um, you, you've got to work your way through. I get it. I'm just saying if Brian Kelly is all that in the back, you're going to compete now against Brian Kelly, mm-hmm. okay, at LSU. If he's that good, then Florida should have hired him. If I'm Florida, I'm like, well, why don't we get Brian Kelly? That's a legit question for the boosters to ask. If he's that good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if LSU's right, and they come in and he, he builds a program and wins a national championship and beats Florida's butt, you're going to be saying, well, wait a minute. We had the same opportunity. Why didn't we get him? Mm-hmm. You got Billy Napier. That's why. And I, and Billy might turn out to be the next Urban Meyer or Steve Spurrier. Heck, we don't know. Got that good Sun Belt lineage, though. <laughs> Uh, well, when you, when you face the Arkansas State Red Wolves all the time. I'm saying, like, why why didn't he come through Arkansas State like the rest of the great old coaches in America? But, yeah, um, we catch them. We usually catch the SEC guys on their way down, you know. It's usually how that works. College football, man, it's not over. I think there's – now you've got well, some – Well, now Notre Dame's players, open. Right? Who so coaches Notre Dame, right? I, I think there's a legit shot Luke Fickle goes there. A really good one. Right? I think I think there's two jobs that he would take hands down. Notre Dame. Ohio State being one, his alma mater, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and Notre Dame. Now well, the question is the question is, and Notre Dame could be playing in the college football championship as well. Would they be willing to wait for Luke Fickle till after January, possibly ninth? I think is the championship. Maybe it's tenth. Yeah, you've already missed the first recruiting period. The right, big, the big signing periods in you know mid December. Are you right. willing to wait that long? Because I don't think Luke would leave before he sees this season out for Cincinnati. Now, if Cincinnati loses this Saturday to Houston in the American League Championship, he's hired. All bets are off. Yeah, but although I would burn, I would burn one. I, seriously, this is just mm-hmm. me talking. I would burn one recruiting class, or however many I'm going to mm-hmm. lose in that recruiting class. For the chance to get the right coach, even if I had to wait until that occurred. Like, I'd be like, well, I'm hiring a guy that's going to be here 10 or 15 or 20 years, I hope. Mm-hmm. So if we have, a, if he has to make do with what he's got because he couldn't get on the recruiting trail fast enough first year, oh, well. Well, and, and, I would and still there's one thing that goes – the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame is Marcus Freeman, who was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati the last four years prior to this season. If you retain him and you bring in Fickle, he can kind of, yeah. you know – and he's going to be the interim coach, I believe. Okay. 
You know, now, now there's some oh, how there's weird some, would this be? There's some push for him to become the the next head coach. Could you see a scenario, and it wouldn't happen because, like, if Notre Dame sneaks in there, they're going to play Georgia or they're going to play the number one team. Probably, wouldn't it be wild if, like, if it were Notre Dame against Cincinnati, and then Fickle leaves the coaches? I mean, why would that work? He's accepted the job at Notre Dame, and now he'll be opposing Notre Dame in the semifinals. Like, you know, like those two teams mm-hmm. could end up meeting together in some weird yeah. in some weird parallel universe. Probably not. It's probably a long shot. But but it will be interesting too. What other names come up at Notre Dame? Because that's one of those revered jobs. It's a brand. It's the Yankees. Absolutely. You know and and I, mean? I, I don't it, know how much money that Notre Dame wants to spend on it. Oh, but now talk about. Who has money, right? Well, yeah, well, they do. So, I mean, <laughs> does Urban Meyer say, hey, that's a dream job? I think Urban Duh. Meyer right now would, would say anything that's well, a dream job compared to where he's at in Jacksonville. Sure. But, you know, and, and what other what other big-name coaches may leave to go there? I'll tell you who would have loved that job had he been hireable, but he's not anymore. He's toxic is John Gruden. John Gruden always loved Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Dad coached there. Yep. Went to high school there. Mm-hmm. Um. That would have been that. I mean, see, it's stuff like this that's killing him right now, right? Not coaching ball, seeing jobs like Notre Dame come open, all that. It's a shame, but uh, yeah, a lot now. Now it's really going to be interesting because now it's it's musical chairs. You know, now you got some really sexy programs out there. But yeah, Brian Kelly. I don't know. I don't know how he'll do in that part. I mean, I guess. I guess he better do well. He's getting paid enough. So I didn't see Brian Kelly at LSU. I didn't see that one. Notre Dame. I, I mean, I saw him to USC. I saw. I didn't see LSU hiring him. Yeah, and 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 I've heard a lot of Brian Kelly in the NFL. Like I think I told this story. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was um, rumored to be uh, on a watch list by some consultants the Bucks had hired, and you know, there was columns about it and stuff like that. But you know, you never know what's real because a lot of times these these agents, Jimmy Sexton represents ninety percent of them, but these agents try to um, get their guy's name out there as if he may jump to the NFL, and all that does is signal, hey, it's raise time at my school if they want to keep me. So it's hard to know what what's out there and what's really real and what's not. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We also had uh, baseball news. Max Scherzer going to the Mets. Boy, he's bounced around the last couple of years, huh? Uh, yeah. So he's, uh, of course, we traded to the Dodgers at the trade deadline uh, on a yeah. rental deal. Three right. years, $130 million. Ooh, that's a lot of money. 43.3 a year. He's up there in age, too, right? He's got a lot a lot of uh, miles on, those, on that right arm. A lot of miles. He does. But there was other big deals in baseball. Um, Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020 World Series MVP heading to Texas for what ten That's years, three hundred twenty-five million. Rangers spending money. Did they also get uh, the Blue Jays second baseman Simeon or no? I believe they did. Yes. Uh, Robbie Ray, wow. the, the Cy Young Award winner, going to the Mariners. Good. 
If you're a Rays fan, the only thing you say is good. Robbie Ray, man, he locked he locked up the Rays a few times. And I think they got him once or twice, but that guy has a he's a sensational left-handed pitcher. He's great. Think about this though with the Scherzer deal. You're one two. I mean, Scherzer's the number two pitcher there, not number one. Because you got okay, Jacob Degrom. So no, Jacob Degrom. That's right. Think of that one two punch. Woo. I mean, if if they can keep those guys healthy. Yeah, you got the uh, National League MVP, right? Is he there still? No, he's in Philly right now, right? Mm-hmm. Where's Bryce Harper? Is no, he's in Philly? Philly. Yeah, he's in Philly. Yep. Get him back. Um, yeah. You're curious the Mets, though. I mean, that I don't, it sounds like you're chasing a paycheck there. Well, I mean, you know, think of this, you know, I mean, in their, in their division. I mean, the Mets haven't been relevant for a while, but in their division, you got the World Series champs, the Braves. Yeah, the Phillies have big names like Bryce Harper and such. Right. Um, you got to spend money to get guys. Yeah, sure. and you're in New York. You're also competing against the Yankees. I mean, if nothing right. else, for for eyeballs, the back page, you well, know. the back page, and also butts and seats, and yeah, eyeballs on television, and you know, you've got the Yankees right across town. So that's that's a hard sell. But there's a lot of deals going on in baseball because in a couple of days they could be uh, locked out, and then all deals stop at that point. <laughs> it's going to be the Wild West, man, in 48 hours, I'm telling you. You know, Saul Wander Franco had his press conference. Yes. Oh, and the Rays right. made a signing, too. Don't forget, uh, I got the reliever right. from Houston, Rayleigh. That's right. On a three-year deal. So, Rays are making Corey some moves. Kubler the other day, and then uh, mm-hmm. now now left-handed reliever. So, I'm, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be bullish on the Rays. They showed last year what they're capable of. They just need to do it when they get to the postseason. So they just need to me those those pitchers need experience. Some of those young starters um add a bullpen arm or two like they're doing, maybe another veteran in the rotation like they like they did with Kubler. So yeah, I I would have plenty of confidence in the Rays, you know, doing what the Rays do. I mean they they're rarely wrong on guys. So baseball is here and, and yeah, so the lockout so if that happens, we're in for a work stoppage, right? So we'll probably blow right through the reporting dates for spring training in February, I would imagine. Well, you don't, I mean, you know, look, it can lock out December, you know, one and have a deal by February one and nothing changes other than, it's other than, you know, all the signings and dealings of the off season, you know, all of a sudden have to pick back up February one. I mean, you can't sign players when you're in the middle of a lockout. So you can make deals. You just can't sign them, right? Uh, I suppose you could negotiate and talk about deals, but yeah, you get can't. a handshake. Yeah, you yeah. can't officially sign deals or anything else until there's a collective bargaining agreement. So yeah, there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of money exchanging hands these next two days. So I mean, you know, for the yeah. next you know what two months, it doesn't. If they lock out, it's no big deal. Now, start getting late January and you're still locked out and you're not close. That's an issue. Yeah. Well, lots going on this week. Um, we'll talk college football with Matt Baker, of course. Talk about Billy Napier. Talk about some of the movement in college football and the college football poll, which you know um, that'll come out tonight. Exciting, yeah. The, uh, It'll come out tonight, and then they have then you have all the conference change. I mean, you know that yep. that's going to swing the power a little bit there too, because you have the conference championship games coming up. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what to expect there. Yep. Lightning are um, in St. Louis tonight. Uh, Matthew Joseph's doubtful for the game. Gabriel Fortier called up. He may make his NHL debut, but Eric Chernak may be back. He's uh, a good chance of him being back tonight. So that will help. They need to get they need to get some some guys healthy, not lose anymore. Obviously, and the uh, the, the Lightning will face the Bruins this weekend in Boston, and they'll be without Brad Marchand, who was uh, 
suspended for three games for slew footing, footing a guy. Not his what? first or second time doing that. So, <laughs> what did he do? Slew foot. Is that where you light the shoe? No, you kind of take their foot out from under them. You kind of hit them in the back oh. of the knee, and that kind of. That we've seen oh. some players like Anton Strawman got uh, hurt a few years ago when he was on the 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 Lightning and was out for quite some time. Oh wow! So you can tear up your knee and ankle and all that. Slew it's, it's a dirty play. It's a dirty play. Okay. And he's done yeah, it many times before, and just got suspended three games for it. So, well, deservedly so. Stop! Don't slew food out there if you're thinking about it. Um, we've got our mailbag segment tomorrow. Exciting as always. You guys got a ton of questions, and I've got all the answers. Guaranteed 100% correct. All you have to do is send them in. You can do that on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Getting some really lovely, lovely emails and posts about Antonio Brown. <laughs> nice story on that. Uh, he may be back this week, folks. And uh, that's going to make a huge difference to have him. You know those receivers the other day? I don't. I think maybe Mike Evans got three targets and Godwin got maybe two or three. And then there was one to Scotty Miller and like, the receivers didn't get many balls thrown their way Tyler at all. Tyler Johnson but, had uh, one that I remember. Tyler had one, yeah, and, and it wasn't. It just wasn't many. And then, but, Gronk. but you know, if you had <laughs> Gronk, oof. I don't get Gronk, man. That dude, you can't kill him. He's Freddy Krueger. I mean, the, the the amount of surgeries and and serious injuries that this guy has had, and he's still just like duke, 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 you know, over the middle, catches the ball, trucks over a few people, you know. He's just a runaway train. I mean, the guy, guy's incredible, and he absolutely has changed these last. He's the reason I think they've won these last two games. I really do. I just think his presence, the playmaking, um, he was he was so good, and he's been so good. So, yeah, keep him healthy, uh, you know. But it's been fun to watch. So, send us your mailbag questions. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll have make Matt Baker later this week talk about conference championships. We'll get you ready. As well, Tom Brady will speak on Thursday, get all set for the Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons. The Bucks have a chance. If they could run the table these next three weeks and get just a little bit of help, because uh, I think on Thursday Night Football, the Saints are playing. They are? Some, Yeah, I think so. Yes, this they week. are. They yeah. are. Yep. Oh, and... Uh, I think they play... They, go ahead. They play Dallas, maybe? Yes, I, I, believe that's Dallas. I believe that's correct this week, yes. Yeah. So, three-game yeah. lead now, and it's it's conceivable that the Bucks could could beat Atlanta, which is now the second-place team in the South. And then the next two weeks, um, they've got the Bills at home and then the Saints. By the time they – if they were to run the table and get some help, they could wrap up. They could clinch the division with three games to play, including two games in their division against Carolina, which would be wild. Actually, I don't even think they need help, and in about three weeks they could clinch. They may not. They yeah. may not need much because they got a three-game lead now. Just, you know yep. – that that could cut back and on Christian Thursday. McCaffrey out for the season too for the Panthers. Yeah, you got two games against felt them bad coming for up. that. That's mm-hmm. yeah, felt bad for him though. He's he's missed twenty two out of the last like thirty three games. And thank God he got the big contract before all these injuries started creeping up. But man, he says he's going to fight his way back. But yeah, after watching Cam go five for twenty, five for twenty, five for twenty. If I gave you twenty throws in the NFL, how much less than five would you complete? Maybe five. Okay, I'll give you that. But I'm just saying, like, five for 20? Five? I don't think I've seen that number on an NFL quarterback in a while. So, so much for the good storyline that it he was. He did go a little third minutes. person in his press conference, too. 
You can't just add a Cam Newton to a team and expect a success. (laughs) And this is, (laughs) yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, He's your Wildcat quarterback, folks. That's all he is. I I, I love Cam. Uh, I liked him a lot better when he could throw. But remember when everyone thought it was crazy that they cut Cam Newton for Mac Jones, and now the Patriots are. Second best Listen, team in the AFC and have won what six in a row. Wait, excuse me, second best to whom? Well, I mean, technically the Ravens are ahead of them in the standings. Uh, yeah, I'm saying, in I'm saying, stand- seating, seatings. I'm, uh, no, no, no. I get it. They would be. They would not be the number one seed no. yet. But I promise you, after watching them win six in a row, they're the best team in the AFC. And we might as well just put it out there now because it's absolutely. You know, this is the old, oh, if you sold this movie script to a Hollywood producer, they say, there's no way, it's fictional, this could never happen. Okay, the Patriots, they're going to the Super Bowl, okay? The only question is whether Brady's going to join them. In L.A., by the way, in Hollywood. In Hollywood, where you would write this script, right? It's right there. It's like, you know, what's the under-over on number of questions that Mac Jones is asked about Tom Brady? (laughs) What's the under-over on number of questions that Bill Belichick is asked about Tom Brady and Brady about Belichick. I mean, I can see it plain as day. It's a collision course. It's a cosmic force that cannot be stopped by anyone. This is going to happen. This was meant to happen. It was always meant to happen. You know, the evil empire is back. And, you know, here he comes. And he's going he's gonna to face, you know, Tom Brady. Like, it's, it's, it's perfect. It really is when you think about it. Now, the rest of America might have heartburn because they're they're sick of the Patriots and they're sick of Tom Brady, and they're going to get Tom Brady against the Patriots. Um, but you know it's right there. Everyone everyone can deny it. It's happening. It's happening. I don't know if the Bucks will live up to it. I think I really do like the, the Patriots, though, the way they're playing. They're playing great. Mm-hmm. And Mac Jones is playing great. Yes, and he is. The defense is stellar. So we'll see if that goes on. Anyway, get your mailback questions to us. We'll answer those tomorrow. And like I said, uh, lots going on college football, pro, all of that. More baseball trades, I'm sure, and signings, especially in free agency, before we get to what could be a lockdown. So thanks for listening. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.